Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. I want to talk to you today about making sense of all of the prophetic words that are being released concerning uh, the coronavirus. The first thing that that I want to say is this. Be careful. Do not despise prophecy. That word despise in the Greek means holding contempt. It's a courtroom term. Moral word for contempt is the word cruel. C-R-U-E-L. The legal word for the word cruel is contempt. So when a lawyer or prosecutor uh, is being cruel in a courtroom, the judge will tell them, you need to stop or I'm going to hold you in contempt. Contempt is the legal term. Cruel is the moral term. The biblical term in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 is the word to despise. So when it says despise not prophecy, it says don't be cruel to the prophetic. Don't be cruel uh, to the prophets. And uh, if there's anything that uh, this flood of what God is saying, what God isn't saying, can make people, specifically those of you that are prophetic literalists or scriptural literalists, you can become very, very, very cruel towards anything prophetic. As a matter of fact, sometimes it can spill over into your comments and people end up saying things like, here's another one, here's another one speaking on the behalf of God. And really it's, uh, you're in a place of despising the prophetic office. The second thing that I want to share with you, uh, being careful of becoming is, do not become condescending. Do not become uh, condescending uh, with anyone uh, or with the prophetic office or with uh, the gift of prophecy. The reason why I personally 
have not really shared anything. Now, I shared a prophetic teaching. And you need to go on my Facebook uh, to go see it. I shared four things that God is doing prophetically, but I shared it within the context of a teaching. It was a prophetic teaching, and the thing has gone viral. Over 700 shares. Man, praise God. Amen. I've shared what I believe God is doing uh, prophetically. But the reason why I personally have not shared uh, consistently about here's what I the Lord I believe the Lord is saying. It's because I'm a I'm a real pastor. I'm a pastor of a church, and when crisis hits, I have a I have a different way of viewing crisis. Because every time that I've looked through the scriptures, and I and trust me, I've been I've been bombarding the scriptures, looking at every verse on plague and uh, pandemic and things like that. What I have found is that every time there was a crisis in scripture, uh, the crisis was designed to get us to stop. And the worst thing you could do or the immature thing you could do during a crisis is to just kind of keep going. I'm going to believe God and keep going and just know a crisis is designed to get you to stop, to slow down and to reflect. And every time a crisis came, specifically within the context of a plague or a disease, and you can read that all throughout the book of Numbers, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, you know, and even with during the time of the kings, even King David caused a plague. When he numbered the children of Israel, and the Bible says 70,000 people died as a result. Three days of plague. Every time a plague and every time a, a crisis hit the children of Israel, there was a detour. The detour was what allowed the children of Israel to remain alive. If they continued moving forward on that faith stuff, then a lot of them died. Even the prophet Jeremiah told the children of Israel, you can read this all throughout 2 Kings, the last chapters in Jeremiah chapter 30 and up to about chapter 31 through 39 or something like that. You find even the prophet Jeremiah telling King Zedekiah and the children of Israel, God is saying, go to Babylon. This is what prophet Jeremiah said. He said, if you go, to, this is what prophet Jeremiah said. God says, go to Babylon, do not resist. If you go to Babylon, you'll stay alive. And that's when you get the whole discourse between the prophets of uh, of the high priest at that time and then prophet Jeremiah and the clash that was going on. And basically Jeremiah just kept saying, this crisis is gonna hit regardless. And this is God's instruction, go to Babylon. If you go to Babylon, I will make the king of Babylon treat you good and you're gonna survive. Which we find the king of Babylon not really slaughtering the children of Israel, except those who were defectors. So the king of Babylon really didn't want to slaughter the children of Israel. He just wanted to dominate them. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother revelation in that. Okay, so when a crisis hits, guys, biblically, there's a detour. The detour will be what God wants us to do. So what does that have to do with uh, the reason why I haven't shared as much prophetically? Very simple, is I'm a pastor of real people. I have about 250 people in the Bronx. I'm not a storefront church, God has blessed us, all right. And my job is to keep my people alive, regardless of where, regardless of where my faith is. Wherever my faith is, my job as a pastor is to sacrifice my faith to guide the people. So I'm going to make sure that everybody in my house remains alive. And let me just say this, to God be the glory to this day, nobody has died in my house more than 22 pastors that have died in the Bronx. Did you catch it? In New York City. And there have been multitude of members in churches. In our house, nobody has died. In my family, which means in my house house, uh, nobody has gotten sick. 
all right? Because I've obeyed the instruction of the Lord in various things. So the Bible says, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. Praise God, to God be the glory. Up to this point, no fatalities in my church or in my home. Okay, now watch this. When a crisis hits biblically, we are to go through the detour, not keep going forward. Not keep going forward like normal trying to prove something. My job is not to prove if I have faith in my faith. My job is to make sure everybody behind me stays alive. Okay, if you follow the detour, nobody dies. That's just plain and simple. If you follow the detour and walk in honor, nobody dies. All right, now, it doesn't mean you don't have fears. It doesn't mean you don't get sick. It doesn't mean, uh, do you see what I'm saying? Okay, so I'm, I'm silent in this season. I'm just walking, walking my people through this stuff. You know, we're getting online four times a week and we're just kind of walking this, walking this thing out. And while I'm walking through the detour, as many of you, I'm watching. I'm watching every prophetic word that is being released to the body of Christ. I might not respond and I might not talk on Facebook or Instagram or Periscope, but I'm watching, but I read comments. And what I have found is this, is many people have become, uh, they dis they're despising prophecy or they're becoming condescending. Why? Very simple. Because the prophetic utterances being released online are conflicting. Now, let me let me show you how this works. All right, and then we'll get into 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now watch this. The prophetic office has many tiers. T-I-E-R-S, tiers, which means levels. Level one, level two, level three, level four. The prophetic office or the prophetic uh, the spirit of prophecy has many categories, administrations, and diversities, which means expressions. The list is endless. First Corinthians 14 talks about this. Now watch this. Each tier has its own sound and prophets assigned to it. I'm going to show you something so that this can help you make sense because not confusion that you're seeing. You just haven't been told how to decipher the writing on the wall or how to in, how to decipher what you're hearing and seeing online. Watch this. Each tier, level one, level two, level three, level four, has its own prophetic sound, has its own prophetic logistics, has its own prophetic ethics, has its own prophetic language, has its own prophetic movement, each level. All right, now watch this. All right, um, none of them are wrong. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Okay, let me give you an example. At the level one, let me give you an example. Uh, the messages are the same from various prophetic uh, videos that you've seen. It's not because they're not hearing from God. It's because that they're they're on different tiers. Let me show you. A, let me show you one or two tiers or levels. Level one is the storefront prophet. There's no way around that one. I'm gonna say it for the way it is. These are. Prophetic voices that are from the hood, from the street, storefront, under 30 member church, you know, they don't get invited to platforms. Nobody knows who they are. Um, all they know is the struggle. They, they live in the projects. They broke, they're struggling. Let me tell you what you're gonna hear from them. Judgment, that's it. Level one prophets, have you noticed that the prophets that live in the hood, they're the only ones screaming at the body of Christ about repentance, about re being rebuked for lukewarmness. And you wanna know why? Because that's all they know. That's all they know. Here's what I've learned. The bigger your influence, 
your message adapts to your sphere. And what I have found is project profits, hood profits, street profits, that all they know is the struggle. They don't care about titles. They don't care about platforms. And it's not because they don't care about it in their heart. They say things like that. I don't care about titles. The reason why they say that is because nobody's looking at them. Nobody's called on them. They've never been offered a platform. It's all they know. So it's easy to reject what you've never received. So it's easy to say, you know, I, ain't a, I don't care about no titles. Nobody's giving them a title. You see what I'm saying? So what you find with level one prophets is they're just gonna be screaming at the carnality of the church. They're gonna be the John the Baptist. They're gonna, they're gonna be the John the Baptist, all right? But when you go higher in influence, you find that your message, it doesn't compromise, but it does change. It changes to the level of your maturation. That is why if you look, if you remember your favorite preacher when they first started out, they were raw, they were getting it in. And then now that God has given them influence, their message changed. You think it's compromised, God calls it maturity. Did you catch what I just said? I'm just telling you how it is. The higher that you go, uh, the message or the tear begins to change based on your maturation level. So that when you get to the non-denominational uh, type of sphere, you're gonna find that Jesus only. You're gonna find that in the non-denominational sphere, or tier, T-I-E-R, you're gonna find that the prophetic voices are not real, are not the prophets, it's the singers. So you're gonna find Maverick City, Tribal, Jesus Culture, Carrie Joby, Tasha Cobb, Todd Delaney. These become the these become the voices of the Lord in the non-denominational sphere. Why? Because the non-denominational sphere does not really embrace the prophetic. They're not against it. But what happens is the worshipers, the Levites, become the prophetic voices. So that's why if you look on on the social media, you're gonna find that, you know, the prophetic voices are like Hillsong, Jesus Culture, Todd Delaney, Chandler Moore, Stephanie Gritzel, Bethel. You're gonna find that the worshipers are the ones leading. Why? You're not gonna get, now watch this. You're not gonna find them talking that you need to repent stuff. You're gonna find them saying you need to experience the love of God stuff. That's just that's just what they prophesy. Okay, watch this. Let's go a step further. Then you go a little bit higher. You got you got uh, prophetic personalities on social media, which means itinerant ministers. I throw myself in there. Their message is completely different than the worshipers or the whole repent. The message is coming from your favorite periscope. Uh, uh, social media preachers or itinerant prophets is very different. They talk that faith stuff. You're gonna find them talking about shift and the greatest revival that the world has ever seen is gonna come. You're gonna find them talking about we need to get back to that Wigglesworth, John G. Light stuff. And you're gonna find that those particular prophetic voices are not gonna be worried about worship. They're not gonna be, they're definitely not gonna be talking about you need to repent and all of that stuff. Why? Because their sphere and their, their, their worldview is of a different level. It's of a different tier, a little bit higher. They're seeing five years from now. They're seeing two years from now, or they're seeing after the crisis. So they're gonna be talking about what 
the good that's going to come out of the crisis. If I'm talking good, say amen. If I'm making sense, say something in the chat room and say, man of God, I totally, I totally see what you're saying. I totally get it. Now, what happens is the non-denominational people begin to argue with the itinerant uh, social media people and then the social media people if you really listen to the social media people itinerant preachers they hate the message of repentance they hate the message of repentance they think they, they're always talking about folks are being negative so now begins now begins this clashing of paradigms among the peers of the prophetic did you catch it okay let's keep going now watch this the higher that it goes Watch this, and, and you can testify to this. The higher the prophetic office goes in the level of influence, the more political it gets. So when you get to the top of the food chain, I hate to say that word, but when you get to the top of the pyramid, I hate to use that uh, symbolism, but it's the only way to help you understand what I'm saying. When you get to the top, and once you get to the national level, you're gonna find that the prophetic utterances now become political. It becomes red or blue. Did you catch what I just said? It becomes Donald Trump or Biden. It becomes it it becomes pants or this new thing. Did you catch it? And then you find that it always ends up as higher it goes, it starts splitting off into Donald Trump pro or Donald Trump anti. That's just the way that it is. And when they prophesy, so that's why when you see the prophets prophesy from this particular tier, way up here, they have no idea what's happening in the hood. With those people, they're the ones that tell you, forget about staying home. You could come to church. Why? Because it's your constitutional right. Did you catch what I just said? So they get themselves arrested. You wanna know why they get arrested? Because they're expressing the First Amendment. Did you catch it? Those still having services. It's not because they want people to die. It's because they're being politically driven. They're trying to express, they're trying to make sure that no, that the, the, the state does not control my rights of the First Amendment. So it's all politically driven. So the higher you go, it becomes Trump this, Trump that, the wrecking ball this, wrecking ball that. I'm not against that stuff. Okay, so then here you are. Am I talking good same? And these are all spheres. Now watch this. At level one, back to the storefront, no prophecy about politics. They have no idea what God is doing politically. They, as a matter of fact, they don't care. They're just trying to stay saved. Did you catch what I just said? When you get to the non-denominational prophets, they hear what God is saying prophetically, but they stay quiet. Why? 501c3, and they're as a matter of fact, they become the catalyst of obey the laws of the land. Did you catch what I just said? Then you get the higher, you go to the higher, you go to the higher prophetic office uh, with those that are national prophets and they're telling you defy, defy the laws of the land. We gonna have church, why? Because it's our first amendment right to do this. Did you catch it? So each one is complaining. And then here you are, here you are, watch this, here you are, watching all these prophetic words from each tier, each tier, and then you, because we've been trained to be uh, prophetic literalists, we begin to say, one of you is wrong or all of you is wrong. Why? Because God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. All right, so then what happens is, you start becoming condescending, you start retracting, you start retracting into being despising prophecy. And now you get to a place where you're now taking little side shots against the prophets and the prophetic. And it's because you haven't been trained to understand this one thing. 
None of them are wrong. We all prophesy in part. Let me read it to you. Watch this. And I'm sharing a word of the Lord. I'm not playing today. This is a word of the Lord. First Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 13. Look what it says. Look what it says. It says, verse 12, but we prophesy in part. Now, what's interesting is this, which means we only prophesy according to the part of the measure of the way you and I view things. You know how I know? Because you can read it in the Bible. The verse before Paul said, before Paul said, I prophesy in part, he said right before that, the verse before, he said, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I reasoned like a child and I thought like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now we prophesy in part. Oh, so what does this mean? Very simple. We are prophesying according to Romans chapter 12 according to the proportion of our faith. The proportion of our faith is predicated upon your filters of your understanding. Did you catch it? I man that the storefront prophet is blasting and talking about judgment. I even had one prophet in New York literally say this to me, not towards me, but just say it in general. I'm glad that God is judging the city and pastors are dying. So that way, God exposed all the sin that's in the church. And I was like, oh, what? That's somebody's dad. That's somebody's mom. But, but, listen to me. That's how they view it. That is according to the, what? To the part that they see. You wanna know why? Because it could be that God is cleaning house. I'm not, I can't sit here and say that God isn't, but I can't sit here and say that God is. Do you see what I'm saying? So when you sit here and say, God ain't doing that, how do you know he's not doing that? God does clean house. What happens is we need to remain neutral and say, God is doing whatever it is that he's doing. Did you catch it, right? But watch this, when this person said that, it broke my heart. Wanna know why? Because I'm not on the same sphere as this person. And I actually defused it and flipped it. And well, I didn't correct them, but I just kind of flipped it. And they were talking about ain't no prophets in New York. I was like, uh, correction, there's still seven. In every city, there's 7,000 who have not bowed their knee to Baal. All right? So, okay, so watch this. So each sphere, each tier, each level prophesies according to their maturation level. See what I'm saying? So when you see national prophets getting political, getting on that Trump stuff, it's not racial. It might be to some, but you can't sit here and say it's all racial. No, it's their lens. It's the filter of where they're at. The higher you go, the broader perspective you see. The lower you go, the more narrow you see. So I'm not mad at the non-denomination, you know, just wanting to sing our way through this. That's all they know, to sing our way through. 
so the prophets are the singers. I can't get mad at the storefront hood street prophets because holiness is all they know. Did you catch it? I can't get mad at the itinerant speakers, which the level that I'm on, social media driven speakers that are believing God to turn us around to become the greatest revival the world has ever seen and return our faith to that of people's work. I can't get mad because that's where we're at. And then I also can't get mad when the national prophets just want to say he's a wrecking ball. He's a Cyrus. In conclusion, what does this mean? None of us are wrong. We're all right. And I'm gonna tell you why. Because when we prophesy in part, we're prophesying a pixel. A pixel is an image box. Your phone is able to see me now because your phone has 6.4 million pixels. You're looking at a bunch of boxes to be able to see me. In each box, there are three color spectrums, red, green, and blue. Each box, look at this, each prophecy has red, father, green, son, blue, Holy Spirit. Did you catch what I just said? The issue is where in the picture are you placed will determine what your pixel is. If your pixel is on this red S, and let's say your S is all you see. This is all you see. This is all you see. You can only prophesy according to the proportion of faith. And if your faith is on this S, we're both seeing S. We're both seeing S. But one is red, the other one is white. Now, if we were to push back, push you back, and you see the bigger picture, now you can see that what God is saying is not just S, part. Your S is part of the word Jesus is bigger than Sunday. And what happens is we're trying to prove to everybody, I see red S, I see red S, I see red S. Baby, uh, yeah, you see red S, but your S is a pixel. It's part of a broken sentence. Oh, don't cry with me, I got a word of the Lord. Listen to me, I'm releasing apostolic revelation. And I guarantee you ain't never hear this before. This came straight. I woke up this morning and this was in my spirit. I said, go online and share this. Watch this, watch this. Every time you prophesy, storefront prophet, just know that judgment ain't the only thing God is doing in New York City. You need to get over yourself because that's not the only thing God is doing in New York City. For those of you that are prophesying, my singers, God ain't only singing over people. He's rebuking the devil. So all my singing prophets, God is only singing. Let's just stop fighting and just worship. God ain't only worshiping at this time. For those of you that are influential social media personalities and itinerant speakers, a greatest revival that the world has ever seen is not the only thing that God is saying. God is cleaning house. My national prophets, God is not only talking about Donald Trump. 
All right, now he's the president, God will speak about it. But that is not the only thing that God is talking about on the earth. Okay, now watch this. Watch this, when you prophesy, watch this, when you prophesy, according to this scripture, watch, look what it finishes saying. Now we prophesy in part, verse 12, watch this. Now we prophesy in part like a puzzling, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. New Living Translation. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. What? Look at this. All that I know now is partial. Let me say this. You ain't the only one God is speaking to. So you need to stop criticizing the repent and get it right crowd. Repent and get it right crowd. You need to stop prophesying against prophetic people who prophesy good things about the president. You need to get, you need to get delivered from that. Did you catch what I'm saying? We all need to repent because we're all hearing from God and it's like a puzzle. He's putting it together. He's putting it together. Each measure supplying according to what God nourishes the body. And what happens? When you stop being so, when we stop being so narrow-minded, this is what God is saying. He's saying us. He's saying us, us. He's saying us. When God is saying you push back and see the panorama, you will see that God is not saying us. He is saying, Jesus is bigger than Sunday. Jesus is bigger than the building. Let me say it again. Jesus is bigger than our building. We are the building. Watch what I'm saying. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Watch this. When each part, and I'm done guys, when each part releases the word of the Lord, it becomes part of the sentence. And then the next prophet comes and releases the next part of the sentence. And then the Holy Spirit adds a comma. And the next prophet comes and release another part of the sentence. When God is finished speaking, we have an oracle. In Jesus' name. Sorry, y'all, I had to release that. We get an oracle. Sorry, I, I genuinely mean that. I had to release that. I felt to release that. Okay, watch this. Watch this. We get an oracle. The oracle will be what God is saying. Have you ever read in the Old Testament when God was dealing with the children of Israel? So said, and the Bible says the children of Israel wept before the Lord and they prayed this prayer. Have you ever asked, how is it that a whole nation is praying one prayer? Read the text, it says, and all 12 tribes began to weep before the Lord and prayed this prayer. Oh Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The issue I have is this, how, you know what I'm saying? How did it become one prayer? Because every tribe, every tribe brought an oracle. Every tribe bought a part. And watch this. And when they all began to pray, when it went up, the tribe of Asher, the tribe of Levi, the tribe of Naphtali, the tribe of Issachar, the tribe of Judah, 
the tribe of Benjamin, the tribe of Simeon, the tribe of God, the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Manasseh, as they all prayed, they weren't praying a whole prayer, they were all praying apart. And when God looked down, he saw the oracle. The oracle came up to the throne room. The oracle. And when God looked at it, it was one prayer. It was one prayer. Oh, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, have mercy on us. And the Bible says the Lord repented of sending the plague to David for three days and 70,000 now. And the Lord said to an angel, enough. The Bible says the Lord spoke to the angel of death and said, that is enough. That is enough. It was after the prayer. It was after the prayer. Did you catch what I just said? I'm giving you the word of the Lord. I know I hear from God. Watch this. Look at this. So God reads the edict and he sees a whole prayer. He sees a whole prayer. And he goes, okay. They're asking for mercy in New York City. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God sees, he sees, he sees the prayer of New York City and he goes, I've had enough, I've had enough, angel, stop, enough, angel, I've had enough in Louisiana, I had enough in California, I had enough all over the world. <laughs> he sees the prayer, he sees it, he sees it. Why? Because each person is prophesying. He's prophesying according to his part. And when he sees the prayer, hallelujah, he's able to answer. Why? Very simple. Nobody's wrong. The percentage of false prophecy that's being released is so low that it is non-existent. They're out there. There's people prophesying. I'm not going to say they aren't. But God is speaking more than he is not speaking. And everyone is hearing from the Lord in their capacity because each level is hearing. And when you take a step back, and I'm done, guys. When you take a step back and you look, you see the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and then and then we begin to see the shift and the turnaround and the curve goes down and then the curve goes down and the curve goes down I I implore those of you that are watching me stay away from despising the prophetic Stay away from being cruel and condescending to the prophetic talking about nobody's agreeing with each other. We're all prophesying in part. Stay away from dishonor in this season. Stay away from dishonor or you could be that man that told Elisha, even if the Lord rained down, there will be no bread. And the Bible says that Elisha said to that man, you're gonna see it and not eat. And the Bible says the next day, 24 hours later, that man was killed with a stampede. Don't dishonor the prophetic in this season. Just tell the Lord and say, Lord, this is confusing, but don't 
be condescending towards the prophets in this season. God is still speaking and guess what? We're all hearing from God. The legalistic prophet needs the national prophet. The national prophet needs the singer. And I'm here to say something. Counselors and deliverance ministers, we're up next. Listen to me, counselors and deliverance ministers, and I'm out of here. We are up next. Why? Because when the crisis is over, we need counselors and deliverance ministers to deliver God's people from the psychological, demonic, traumatic scars in their subconscious and their psyche. Deliverance minister, you're up next. Counselors, you're up next. Prepare yourself. Put oil in that victual. Repent. Walk right. Walk holy. Be ready. Search your heart and get right before God and abandon your lukewarmness. Abandon your carnality. Abandon your fleshliness. Abandon your worldliness. Abandon and renounce that antichrist spirit over you. And God is saying, get right before him and fill your victuals with oil and fill your flasks with new wine and be ready because you're up next. Hear the call of the bridegroom that is calling. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. God is saying, get yourself ready, virgin. God is saying, get your oil. Get your oil ready. Get your oil ready and meet the bridegroom. Meet the bridegroom. Meet the bridegroom. Meet the bridegroom. Sanctify. Tear your hearts, not your garments. Repent and make and let there be a floor ministry with you, with your head prostrate on the floor. Screaming, creating me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Let the thoughts of your hearts and the meditations of your mind be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. God is saying, get right, be ready, fill oil. Fill with wine and meet the bridegroom because you're up next. You're up next. Don't get right. You're going to go to hell. If you don't get right, you're going to miss the rapture. If you don't get right, the glory is going to Ichabod right off of you. God is saying, get your life right. Get your life right. Get your life right. Right now. And if you ain't saved right now, if you die in sin, you're gonna go to hell. You need to repent of your sin right now. Ask Christ to be your savior and get saved right now. And if you're teeter-tottering on the fence of double-mindedness of who this Jesus is, I'm here to tell you Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes unto the Father but through me. Jesus is the only way to heaven. 
And I'm not talking about that Michelangelo da Vinci Jesus. I'm not talking about that commercialized Santa Claus Jesus. I'm not talking about that white evangelical Jesus. I'm talking about the real Jesus of the Bible, the son of the living God, God manifested in the flesh. Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. You must repent and you must be born again and you must wash away your sin and you must surrender your heart to Jesus and you must get the crisis in your soul resolved with a vaccine and the vaccine is the precious blood of Jesus. The minister, you need to be weeping before the Lord on that altar and keep prophesying your metron, keep prophesying your tear, you keep prophesying according to the proportion of your faith. Listen to me, storefront prophet, listen to me. Don't you dare change that message. We need your message of holiness. National prophet, we need your voice in government. Non-denominational, we need the singers. Itinerant minister, we need you to speak the future of this thing. Nobody, you better not change your message. You prophesy according to your part. I'm out. See this as a word of the Lord. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.